Will you defeat the dragons before they defeat you? Your life pod has crashed on the planet Tambor, which is a lot like Earth, except for one thing. Deadly space dragons have invaded, threatening Tambor's very existence. Quickly you agree to join in the battle against the dragons, but is there time to equip an expedition before they attack again? If you return to your life pod to gather supplies, turn to page 79. If you set out for the dragon base immediately, turn to page 9. Beware. The space dragons can't be stopped by ordinary methods. You might be blasted by a dragon's fiery breath or buried forever in its tunnel. Or you could defeat the dragons and bring peace to the planet. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. 21 exciting endings. Choose Your Own Adventure, book 75, Planet of the Dragons, by Richard Brightfield, illustrated by Judith Mitchell. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. Well, yet again, we're battling space whatever, so we're wearing some sweet, sweet jumpsuits. (laughs) And these dragons look like gargoyles because they have meaty arms. So this is the epitome of sci-fi fantasy going on here. Yeah. Because you got the space travel... And you've got the dragons mm-hmm. all rolled into one tidy ball. Actually, I think I have a friend who's writing a space dragon book. So okay. what? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it's not Choose Your Adventure, but... Well, but, then it's not worth reading. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention that to him. He'll hear. <laughs> At least he better. <laughs> At least he better hear. All your friends better be listening. Um, Richard Brightfield is the guy that has a tendency to take a while to get to it. Ah. He's the guy who did the Dr. Ta book where with his big glass pyramid. And he just did a book that we read not too long ago. Maybe the um, invasion of the planet Earth with the little baby doll aliens. Oh, God, mm-hmm. yes. I think, I think he wrote that book, too. So. Uh, yeah, I had to remember the name. Well, there are initials in this one, P.Y. Oh. This it, book belonged to P.Y. Little P.Y., we have your book. You're not getting it back. Nope. Mm-hmm. Pretty beat up. Yeah, it's not in good condition at all. (laughs) Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. You will have many different adventures when you land on a distant planet that's inhabited by fire-breathing dragons. As you read along, you will be able to make choices. Your choices will determine what happens to you next. Will you defeat the dragons before they defeat you? Think carefully before you make a choice. The fearsome dragons aren't the only strained creatures on the planet of Tambor. Good luck. Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. Yep, spelled the same way. Mm -hmm. You stare forlornly at your cramped surroundings. The curved titanium shell that encloses you and its tightly packed array of instrumentation. Will you ever get out of this life pod, you wonder? According to the computer, your life pod is now approaching a planet. It looks a lot like Earth from outer space, but you know it isn't Earth. Your home planet is hundreds of light years away. While on a scouting mission in the Cetus Quadrant, you were captured by the Taurons 
an evil race that carved out an empire among the stars. The Taurons are the aliens that we fought in Invaders of the Planet Earth. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. The Taurons took you to their home planet and forced you into service as a cadet in their space Actually, corps. Actually, we went willingly. So this was... This was uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> this is his same universe that he yes. uh, came up with. Yeah, sweet. Right. Theoretically, this is a sequel to the last book. Right. Great new universe. Oh, yeah. Then during a fight with their major enemy, the Vorks, your spaceship was destroyed. You alone escaped, barely, in this small life pod. Suddenly, the pod skims over rough terrain. As it touches down, the pod bounces across the ground, then crashes into the side of a huge boulder. Shaken but unharmed, you stagger out through the hatch. Your legs feel as stiff as an old dog's. <laughs> okay. From a quick examination of the life pod, you can tell that it will never fly again. Its nose is crumpled, its fins are broken off, and its electronic and power systems are knocked out. At least your emergency food supplies are intact, and your chemical analyzer is working. The atmosphere of the planet is thin, but you are able to breathe, so when your legs regain their strength, the going should be fairly easy. I wonder if we still have our grav bar. Yes. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> <laughs> you gaze at the strange landscape about you. Not far away is a range of low hills. They face a vast plain stretching to the horizon. The countryside is very beautiful, except for one thing. The hills and meadows are crisscrossed with ugly black streaks, as if they'd been raked by a blowtorch. Something on the horizon, far across the plain, catches your eye. Though it's tiny from this distance, it's clearly a geometric structure, and must have been built by intelligent life. As you watch, several black dots bound up and down in the air above the structure. Several flashes of red light appear along its side, and then a cloud of smoke rises from it. What's causing this strange display, you wonder? Oh, it's being attacked by dragons. Hmm. It almost looks as if someone's fighting a battle. A few seconds later, you hear a distant rumble. In a moment, all is quiet again. The dots have disappeared, and the structure is now hidden by a pall of smoke. You return to the wreckage of the pod and try to get the emergency rescue signal working, but the power cells have all been destroyed. You remove your food and water rations, all-weather parka, chemical analyzer, lightweight tent, utility knife, flashlight, and first aid kit. Thank God we have a flashlight. I'm going to quiz you on all that later. If the Torrens attack, we'll be able to yeah, kill we'll them kill with our flashlight. <laughs> I'm surprised they gave you a flashlight. Uh... Then carefully, you load them into your backpack. You decide to leave behind your other supplies, ropes, cameras, and heavy tools. You may have to travel a long way before you can find food, water, and shelter. We didn't pack any of that. Nope. Again, you look around at the strange landscape as you try to determine which way to go. The geometric structure you saw is still obscured by smoke. You'd like to find civilization, but you don't want to walk into a battleground. Maybe you should head for the hills. If you go toward the hills, turn to page 32. If you head across the plains toward the smoke, turn to page 19. I want to walk into a battleground. I don't know what that book's talking about. All right. I want to walk into a battleground. All right. Battleground. Just understand that we don't have any cover on our way there. We're walking across a vast plain. Yeah. And gr granted, we don't know about the dragons yet. But meta thinking this book, we're perfect for getting ambushed. I'm just going to disagree with the battle with the, what the book says we don't want to do. So, like, fuck you, book. <laughs> All right. You strap on your backpack and head out across the plain. You hike for what seems like hours. The structure in the distance barely gets closer. Suddenly, the black spots reappear. 
You watch as they come towards you. As they get closer and bigger, you recognize them from pictures you've seen in books. They're dragons! With their huge, bat-like wings, their hideous, scaled bodies, and orange-blue flames shooting from their mouths, there's no doubt about it. And you'd always thought dragons were mythical. You dive to the ground. The dragons scream as they roar overhead. (laughs) 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 Leaving a line of fire behind them. Your hair is scorched by the heat. Suddenly you see a hole in the ground, like a foxhole in a war zone, you think. Don't jump in that, that's a bad idea. You jump in and land a foot away from a creature about half your size. Oh, good. Except for a very large and pointed nose that takes up more than half his face, he could pass for a small human. You look at him... Fucking Pinocchio. (laughs) You look at him and then at your surroundings. You're inside a stone chamber. It is rectangular with roughly carved out walls. Where are you from? The creature asks in a high voice. I'm from... You start, but you stop and stare at him in amazement. He's talking to you, and you can understand what he is saying. Do we have a universal translator? That's that way more opinion? impressive than those dragons you just saw. That's true. Mm-hmm. How how do you know my language, you ask? It's you who knows your language, not me, the creature replies. You yeah. mean you, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You mean you mean you can read my mind, you ask? Not your mind, as you call it, but the language in your head. There were so once my mind. Yeah. Thanks. There were once so many different languages here that people were forced to develop this power so they could communicate. I knew right away that yours is an off-world language. My name, by the way, is Kisa, and I'm a Dern, like a Laura Dern, one of the tribes of the planet, Tambor. Our planet used to be a beautiful place. Are you making fun of Laura Dern's nose? No. (laughs) I love Laura Dern. Our planet used to be a beautiful place with unblemished forests and lakes and fine cities, but that was before the space dragons came and began destroying everything. Dragons? From space? You ask in astonishment. I thought dragons were mythical. <laughs> yes, Kisa replies. There have always been dragons on Tambor, dragons of flesh and blood. But the new ones from space are made of metal and crystal. They are worse than the Hiscox the terrible flying creatures that live high in the clouds of Tambor and swoop down to carry off and eat unwary derns. The Hiscox? Yes. H-Y-S-K-O-S. Okay. That's how I'm choosing to say it. (laughs) Snake dicks. Yeah, the snake dicks. Kisa talks so fast you can hardly keep track of what he is saying. The space dragons just drove me back out of the ruins of Shannar, the city up ahead, he continues before you could even ask a question. I was searching in the central library. There may be information there that will help me fight them. And our best scientist, Dr. Decay, is working on a way to overcome them with sound power. Kisa climbs out of the hole. You're right behind him, and luckily there's no sign of the space dragons. I'm going back to search in the library in Shannar, Kisa says as he sets off at a brisk pace. I must try to find a way to defeat the dragons. You may come with me if you wish, but it would be safer for you to stay underground. I can show you a tunnel entrance near here. The tunnel leads to the realm of the Derns, far beneath the ground. My people there will help you. If you go with Kisa to Shinar, turn to page 24. If you decide to go underground, turn to page 70. I mean, going with Kisa is more like Indiana Jones-ish, like looking for artifacts in the library. Mm-hmm. 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 But going underground is more Indiana Jones-ish, like going and finding the children that were taken from the tribe in Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
I guess the question is, do we want to be Indiana Jones or do we want to be Indiana Jones? Mm. I vote Indiana Jones. Yeah, me too. We're me Indiana Jones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get to choose one. Is that what no, that means? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say the library. I kind of like the idea of going and looking in the library. and <sighs> We can't even read the language. You have Kisa. Yeah. It just means we don't have to do anything when we get there. He has to do all the work. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking Temple of Doom in it. Uh, <laughs> Rock, paper, are there, scissors. Riches, are there riches to be gained in the library? Yeah, it's a library. <laughs> so nothing. <laughs> are you fucking kidding? <laughs> it's a library. <gasps> the library. We might meet LeVar Burton there. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Library. 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 Within the hour, you and Kisa have reached the magical city of Shinar. The buildings. It's magical now? I guess. The buildings that haven't been destroyed by the dragons are shimmering, crystalline shapes, the most beautiful you've ever seen. Why do the dragons keep attacking the city, you ask? That is one of the great mysteries about them, Kisa says. We don't know. You are threading your way through the debris when Kisa suddenly stops and listens. Quick, we must hide, he whispers. Something is coming toward us. You follow Kisa as he scampers behind a low, fire-blackened wall. Both of you crouch and listen. Somewhere not far away is the sound of many feet crunching along. As the sound comes closer, Kisa peeks through a crack in the wall. He gives a cry of surprise and stands up. Oh. He is immediately shocked. Falls over dead and limp beside you, blood pouring out of his face. <laughs> you are traumatized for the rest of your life. The, the end. end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could write these books. Yep. yep. Those are Timpors, Kisa exclaims. I wonder what they are doing in the city. I wonder what they are. I thought they were almost extinct. My people used to tame them and ride them. Before the space dragons came, they were a large herd of Timpors wandering across the plains. Now they are very rare. You look over the wall. Several tall, four-footed animals are grazing nearby. They resemble horses, except their legs are longer and very thin. Their heads are also long and thin, with round, oversized ears at one end and two sets of eyes on stalks at the other. So nothing like horses. (laughs) Absolutely horrifying. Some version of a demented, twisted Picasso. I was going to say, welcome to Picasso world. (laughs) And there's a picture of them and the F. Kisa. Yeah, that's... uh... Kisa's a fun-looking individual. Oh, yeah, he totally is. Oh, yeah, those horses are fucking nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see him. I only looked at the... Oh, okay. He looks like, he looks like the white spy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They must be scavenging for food, Kisa says. There were once huge storehouses of grain in the city. Most were burned by the dragons. Suddenly, the Timpors turn away from you and strain their ears as if they're listening for something. Their eyes wobble at the ends of their stalks. Kisa, who is facing in the same direction, also becomes rigid. The dragons are coming back. We'll either have to get out of the city fast or hide underground. I can't take responsibility for your life. The choice must be yours. If you set out across the countryside, turn to page 84. If you hide underground, turn to page 20. Uh, underground. I was going to say hide? Yeah. yeah. Running, running sounds awful. I'd certainly feel safer underground, you say. Then follow me, Kisa replies, hurrying between two large piles of debris. There should be a... Yes, here it is! 
Kisa suddenly vanishes and you run over to where he was standing. Sure enough, there's an opening in the ground. Sure enough, he abandoned you there. (laughs) (laughs) You try to lower yourself into it carefully, but you slip and find yourself sliding down a long chute. You land at the bottom with a thud. Ow, you cry out. My knee! Are you badly hurt? Can you walk? Kisa calls out from somewhere ahead in the darkness. I'm all right. I just skinned my knee, you call back. I shouldn't have gotten so far ahead, Kisa says, coming back to where you're sitting on the ground. Yeah, quick little bastard. Kisa says, coming back to where you were sitting on the ground and nursing your knee. What do we do now, you ask? We'll wait until our eyes get accustomed to the dim light, Kisa says. (laughs) Then we'll find out what's down here. I have this flashlight. Yeah. No, we forgot about that. (laughs) After a while, you and Kisa start moving again down a long passageway. In many places, the ceiling is caved in and you have to climb over piles of rubble. You go on and on. You must be all the way to the edge of the city or beyond it, you think. Then you see a bright light in the tunnel up ahead. Both of you hurry toward it. When you get there, you can only gape in amazement. Kisa lets forth a squeal of delight. What luck! Standing there in front of you is a small figure with a beard that stretches all the way to the ground. He's clearly a Dern, like Kisa, though certainly a strange-looking one. The figure beckons for both of you to follow him. we have a whole lot to refer to when <laughs> yeah. it comes to strange-looking Dern. Mm-hmm. The figure beckons for both of you to follow him into the brightly lit space off the crumbling tunnel. You find yourself in a room lined with shelves of glass and ceramic jars of every possible shape and size. A crystalline sphere caps each jar. Kisa and the bearded Dern talk excitedly to each other in a strange language. I'm Dr. Nikkei. Welcome to my laboratory, says the bearded creature, turning towards you. Kisa has explained that you are a friend from another planet. Wait, did we ever establish that with him? He reads at minds. As he does read That's minds. what we established. That's true. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'd like to help you fight the space dragons if I can, you reply. Splendid. You couldn't have arrived at a better time. We need more cannon fodder. (laughs) Dr. Decay takes one of the glass jars from the shelf. As he does, tiny points of light inside the jar sparkle like fireflies. He taps the glass bead on one end with his fingernail, producing a high musical note. This tone seems to attract the space dragon, he says. Listen, you'll hear them. It's great. (laughs) In a few moments, a loud crashing sound comes from directly above, and a tremor like an earthquake rumbles through the room. Small bits of the ceiling fall down around you. Dr. Nikkei quickly taps the other end of the bottle and produces a different note. The sound of the dragon quickly ends. This is an acoustic bottle, the professor says. The note made by this end of the bottle attracts the dragons, while the other note drives them away. This and other experiments have led me to believe that the space dragons are not true lifeforms at all, but are machines. Mechanical monsters that arrived here accidentally from another planetary system. Accidentally. How do we know he's not the one who attracted them here in the first place? Mad scientist. Mm-hmm. So when we first met the white spy, he told us that this planet already had dragons on it. And that these dragons that showed up aren't like the dragons that, that they already yeah. had. Right. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> Author doesn't remember that. Mm. All right. Living here on Tambor, we know all about real dragons, Kisa says. There we go. Once native dragons roamed the planet, but they always lived peacefully with other creatures. Now the few that are left hide in caves, for they are more terrified of the space dragons than any other creature on our planet. But why are the space dragons destroying your planet, you ask? 
I've given a lot of thought to that also, says Dr. Nakay. I think they're a kind of weapon. Perhaps they were sent to fight a different enemy, but they went astray and accidentally found this planet. Tambor probably resembles the target planet in some basic way. Earth? Uh -huh. <laughs> Maybe we could drive them off Tambor with your acoustic bottles, Kisa says. I mean, why else are we creating these bottles? So the last Richard Brightfield book was fighting aliens with a tube, and now we're fighting dragons with bottles. Mm -hmm. Nice. Sweet. I have not yet been able to make a strong enough bottle, Dr. Nikkei says. The sounds have a limited range. There's no way I could cover the whole planet. But there is this to think about. Since the dragons are only machines, they must also have a base where they are serviced and repaired, probably by robots that come with them. According to my calculations, that base shouldn't be far from here. If someone could sabotage it so the dragons couldn't be maintained, they would eventually break down. Every one of them. And we'd be rid of them. So why, again, why are we creating these bottles then? Dr. Nikkei walks over to the wall and pulls down a map of Tambor. This is Shiner right here, he says, pointing to the spot on the map. I've noted fire tracks made by the space dragons in their goings and comings. My guess is that their base is on the Reggie Plateau over here. I have a bad leg and cannot travel well. Besides, so now. yeah, right. <laughs> I skin my knee. <laughs> Besides, I must stay here and work to improve my acoustic bottles that I'm doing nothing with. Mm -hmm. Would you two be willing to look for the dragon base? If you can find it, I believe that together we can defeat them. Yet yeah, together. Mm -hmm. I think it's our best hope, Kisa says, but it is a hard journey. We must cross the Darblon Mountains. Please hurry, Dr. Nikkei says, before the space dragons destroy everything. You nod in assent. Your only question is whether you should go back to the life pod for more supplies before setting out on such a difficult journey. If you set out immediately for the Darblon Mountains, turn to page 9. If you decide to return first to the life pod for more supplies, turn to page 79. I think we already haven't used the supplies that we've got. Right, but I think what he's sending us back for are the ropes because we're going to be climbing a mountain. Uh, we left ropes there and we left heavy tools, whatever those are, and something else I don't remember. Cameras. Cameras. So, yeah, he's definitely sending us back for rope. And a grab bar. I don't think we have the grab bar. So, why isn't there an option to just ask this dude if he's got any rope? <laughs> He doesn't have rope. He just has bottles. <laughs> just a bunch of bottles. Make a rope, rope out of bottles. Of bottles. Mm. That'd be double double duty. Uh, let's risk it without the stuff. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, we already haven't used any of our supplies that we brought with us. Didn't so. use the flashlight. I, I was kind of hoping there was a option just to stay, though, because, I mean, my knee's skin pretty bad right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need more time to heal up. Before you leave for the Darblon Mountains, Dr. Nikkei hands you one of his acoustic bottles. This may protect you, he says. While you're gone, I will build an even stronger one. He shows you and Kisa to a stairway that leads back up to the surface. There he wishes you good luck and bids you farewell. You and Kisa set out at a fast pace over the plain. From time to time, you cast your eyes around the sky. Thankfully, you see no sign of the dragons. Soon you come to a broad riverbed. It's certain that once a great river flowed here, but now there's only the barest trickle of water. This dry riverbed shall serve as our road, says Kisa. It will take us to the Great Rift, which lies between us and the Darblon Mountains. Great Rift, you repeat. What's that? It's hard to describe, Kisa replies. It's like a big hole. You'll just have to see it when we get there. You and Kisa follow the riverbed for hours. 
As you trudge along, you notice a small black dot high in the sky. Then the dot starts getting larger. Kisa, a dragon, you shout. You look up in horror as the dark shape plummets towards you. The bottle, Kisa yells, but you are already holding it above your head. You tap it again and again. You hear the weird vibrating tone that Dr. Nikkei produced in his laboratory. The dragon swerves and to your great relief flies off at great speed. Kisa smiles. Thank goodness, but we must hurry. If more than one dragon comes... You and Kisa continue on at an even faster pace. Soon you more reach... More than one dragon comes what? I guess... Can they only hear the bottle one at a time? <laughs> Soon you reach the edge of a cliff overlooking a huge natural chasm. It looks about half a mile deep and almost as much across. So a big hole. Yep. The other side is barely visible through the thick mist that's arising from the chasm. This is the Great Rift, Kisa says. Normally there would be a tremendous waterfall tumbling into the river below. But because of the recent dryness on the planet, it's only a trickle. We also have global warming. There's a recent dryness on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) There's a very narrow trail that leads down the face of the cliff and up the other side. But it might be better if we headed south. Eventually, the rift becomes much narrower and there's a natural bridge across it. If you go down the face of the cliff, turn to page 21. If you go south, turn to page 63. Bridge? Well, I think the idea is that going down and back up is the short way. Is it? Yes, because we have to follow the rift further down to where it narrows out. I feel like climbing down and then climbing back up again is the longer way, but that's my theory. I could be wrong. We didn't have our ropes. I'm fine taking the bridge, too. I'm I'm just saying I think that's the general idea he's trying to go with. I like like bridges. I'll see if that bridge is still there. Maybe a troll lives under it. Maybe. Space troll. You and Kisa follow along the edge of the rift. You're careful not to get too close to the edge. The rift, as Kisa warned, gradually gets narrower. But up ahead, you can see a natural stone arch stretching all the way across it. Will the arch really hold our weight, you ask? It looks very narrow and fragile in the center. And what if we get caught by a dragon when we're halfway across? Jesus, we're whiny. Yeah. Don't worry, Kisa says. That arch has been here for thousands of years, I've been told, and many have gone across it. We still have the acoustic bottle to protect us from the dragons. You're right. I don't know what I'm worrying about, you say as you start across with Nobody Kisa. Does. No. With Kisa right behind you. You get to the center without any difficulty, then suddenly your foot slips. You barely have time to throw your arms around the arch and hang on. The acoustic bottle on your bag of supplies goes flying off into the deep ravine below. Of course it does. Kisa throws himself flat on the arch and reaches down to help you. With his help, you manage to pull yourself back. But before you have a chance to breathe, a sigh of relief, you see a dragon jiving down on you. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Now we're screwed. A burst of flame from the dragon engulfs the center of the arch and incinerates you and Kisa. The dragon itself misjudged the distance and impales itself on one spear of the now broken arch. Nice. Its pieces, along with your ashes, cascade into the canyon below. The end. <clears throat> Fudge yeah. Well, at least we killed one. <laughs> so oh. that ending came out of nowhere. <laughs> so we can go down the cliff, or we could go to get more supplies. No. Or we could go further back and, like, go meet the Derns. 
depends on if we want to go a completely different route. I think I'd rather just go down the cliff. All right. Okay. Kisa finds the beginning of the trail cut into the face of the cliff. He starts down. You try to follow close behind. But you suck. You, you wore really bad shoes for this. And your knee is skinned. The trail is hardly more than a series of footholds, clearly intended for someone Kisa's size. You haven't gone far when you realize how dangerous it is. You'd like to climb back up, but Kisa's already descending the cliff far below you. Yeah, he is a facile thing. You probe downward with your foot for each new foothold, trying to concentrate on one step at a time. After what seems like forever, you reach the bottom. Kisa is patiently sitting with his back against the base of the cliff. You rest for a while yourself, taking some food and drink from your pack and sharing it with Kisa. Then the two of you start out across the floor of the canyon. You and Kisa wade across the shallow stream that flows along the rift. You clamber up onto dry land. You're happy not to have gotten wet much above the knees. Kisa doesn't seem to mind that he's soaked up to his neck. But ahead of you is the sheer face of a 200-foot-high cliff. There should be a way up, Kisa says. My guess is that we've gone too far south. If we head north along the base, we should eventually find a way to the top. Let's hope it's easier than the way to the bottom. Hope there's an elevator. You and Kisa hike along the bottom of the cliff. Suddenly, a huge form emerges from the mist at the base of the cliff. It looks like a giant caterpillar bristling with immensely long hairs. Another of the enormous creatures emerges behind it. Don't be alarmed, Kisa says, sensing your fright. Yeah. The Neddigs won't attack us. They are just curious. So what? Or Neddigs. N-E-D-I-G-S. Neddigs? Neddigs. Yeah. Okay. I hope they're not too curious, you say. I'd hate to have one crawl over me. Each one must weigh a hundred tons. They're usually, yeah, they're usually friendly, Kisa says. In fact, that gives me an idea. Sweet, we're going to ride one. Kisa gives a high-pitched whistle. A few seconds later, one of the knee digs makes a similar sound. When the knee dig gets close enough, grab hold of its hair and hang on, Kisa says. <laughs> grab hold, but what? You start to ask. Quick, Kisa exclaims. Here it comes now. Hell yeah. That's what they look like. Oh, more nightmare fuel. Yeah. The illustrator only went hung wild in this one. Wow. All right. The huge form of the knee dig lumps close to you. Each of its hair is as thick as a sapling. You see Kisa jump on the creature's back and grab hold of a hair. You do the same and suddenly find yourself rising up along the face of the cliff as if you were in a fast elevator. Hey, elevator. You hang on for dear life. After a while, a rock ledge appears in the mist, only a few feet away. Jump, Kisa hollers as he springs onto the ledge. You follow his instructions, but you don't jump as far as he did, so you're left dangling from the ledge as you hold on tightly with both hands. Kisa runs over and hauls you up onto the ledge. It's the first time you realize how strong he is for his size. Like an ant. The Needigs vanish into a cave on the cliff, the sound of their strange whistle receding into the distance. If I'm right, Kisa says, this ledge will lead us to the top of the cliff. You hike along the ledge, then gradually climb to the top. At last, you find yourself on level ground. You and Kisa rest, then start off again up the rocky slopes of the Reggie Mountains. After a few hours of hiking, you're at the base of the mountain. There's a trail leading straight up. Should you start climbing or hike along the base and look for a pass? If you go straight up the mountain, turn to page 28. If you scout around the base first, turn to page 30. 
Well, I mean, we didn't bring a rope. That's true. Okay, scout for a pass? Sure. All right. That seems logical. These strings ain't going nowhere. It doesn't take you long to find a narrow road going around the base of the mountain. This is very strange, Kisa says. I've never seen a road like this. The way it's built up on the sides, it looks like some kind of track. Following this road halfway around the mountain, you reach a huge semicircular door. The door is open and you peer cautiously through it into a dark tunnel. Hobbits. From somewhere deep within the mountain, you can hear the hum of machinery. Dwarfs. Mm -hmm. This is exciting, Kisa says. I think we found an entrance to the Dragon Maintenance Center. We won't have to climb the mountain. You glance apprehensively. <laughs> you glance apprehensively at Kisa. If that's so, it means this tunnel may not be too good. Your words are interrupted by a roaring, rasping sound from behind. Turning, you confront one of the dragon monsters hurtling towards you. You hold out your acoustic bottle, but before you can tap it, it melts in a sheet of orange-blue flame. The end. <laughs> Sweet. You didn't murder at that time. <laughs> that was a good death. We did get a kind of good ending. You found the thingy. We killed the dragon, basically. Well, yeah, but it killed us, too. Yeah, but we killed one. And technically, no, it killed itself. I count that as a win. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of like this one because it's it's wild to think that he's building a universe, right? And you know, it was imaginative. I don't feel like I was particularly invested. Yeah, no. didn't quite pull me in like I like the like the title did. I mean, I the title is Planet of the Dragons, and also that's a misleading title because it's not really the dragons' planet. No, is it? It is not. Well. They're not really dragons, though, either. They're some sort of machinery, too. Yeah. And these dragons on the cover don't look like machines. No, they do not. No, they and, don't. But they are the ones breathing fire on the on, yeah, on two human people. Two, yeah, two mm -hmm. human people. <laughs> With normal noses. Interesting. Wholly inconsistent book. <laughs> yes. Including the artwork. Uh, well, I don't know. Judith's, uh, Judith Mitchell's artwork in there is pretty good. No, so no. I mean, I'm just saying it's oh, on the consistent cover. with yeah. what's actually happening as far as we can tell. Yeah, I think Judith Mitchell's artwork inside the book is probably the high point of this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some pretty good stuff in here, even though it's nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. It's still pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess check it out specifically for the nightmare fuel, but I don't know if there's... Uh, strong enough story in there to really recommend the book as a whole. I'll do light recommend. Yeah. Because it's inventive. Yeah, I'd give it a pass. I mean, there is space dragons and elevator caterpillar. Caterpillar. Capter... Caterpillars. Caterpillar eye. No, there's no eye <laughs> in the plural caterpillar. <laughs> um, yeah, i give it a light pass. I don't... I mean... Um, I would not recommend it lightly. <laughs> I would lightly not recommend uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, you could do worse, but I'm, I'm, I'm less interested in this book than I thought I would be. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, if you want to learn more about Choose Your Own Adventure, go to cyoa.com. If you want to learn more about us, including where you can find us, 
go to incrediblydaring.com. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. 